Hi, welcome to Antioch Brighton. My name is John Lux, and I have the privilege of serving here as the Associate Pastor. As I begin our message today, I just want to say thank you to Jean Kim, who collaborated with me. Uh, she's preaching this message in parallel with me this week as she's developing as a preacher here at Antioch Brighton. You can catch her message on the same YouTube channel where you're watching this right now. All right, this is the final week of our Advent series titled, Are We There Yet? And this is the season where we're waiting for Christmas. My kids know at home Christmas is not canceled at our house, and they're longing and waiting. And throughout society, we're longing, longing for justice, racial equity, longing for an end to, to the COVID restrictions we experience. But today, I want to get into the thing that we should really be longing for. Because all the longings that we experience, the longing to be married, the longing to buy a home, the longing to get that job, the longing to graduate, all these longings are fitting in smaller than the real longing that I think God has for us today. Because when you get married someday, it'll be great. It was great when I got married. But guys, the resurrection from the dead, the promised day where we come, where, where all the dead return to life in Christ, and they're united with him as he returns from heaven. This gathering of all who belong to Jesus, that is the resurrection, and it's going to be awesome. So when you get that big break job, yeah, that'll be great, but the resurrection is going to be awesome. The end of COVID, man, I'm going to throw the first party when it's over, and it'll be great. But the resurrection is going to be awesome. Because since the beginning, God's people have been a people of longing. God's people longed for a rescuer. And Jesus came to earth. He gave us the Holy Spirit that we have been longing for, an ability to know God and experience God in the present. Those longings were fulfilled. But we stand today still longing for one more thing that the Bible has promised. And that promise is that Jesus will return. He came originally at Christmas time, but he will return. And when he does, all who belong to him will rise to life. And not just rise to life in the same lousy bodies we have now, but will be raised to life imperishable, immortal, with new bodies made right completely. Because the promise of Scripture is to fulfill the real longing that we have. And the real longing that we're all longing for, whether we feel it or not, or whether we can identify it or not, it's a longing just to be with Jesus. It's a longing just to be with God, just to be near to God. To look Jesus in the face, this longing to be near the one that we love. It's the deepest longing that we were created to have. And that longing is going to be fulfilled. It's not an impossible, indefinite, never going to have it longing. It's not like the hundred years where we waited uh, for the Red Sox to make it to the World Series and win. This longing is promised by God to come. That's going to be awesome. 
Now, I want to say three things about the resurrection before we get into our passage today. I want to get us a framework for what the resurrection is going to be so that we can really get excited about it with the Bible. All right, number one, it's not just human beings that are made new in the resurrection. All of creation, everything that God has made in this imperfect and broken world that we live in will all be made right again. Number two, our own physical bodies will be made new. That they'll no longer be tired and old and broken and sick. They'll be made right. They'll be made new. And number three, even the patterns of thinking and fleshly desires that have always been a part of our human existence and experience here on earth as we're growing in Christ, those things will be made completely new in us. That's something I look forward to. And the final thing, the, the uniqueness about God is that he answers our longings with himself. And in the resurrection, we find Jesus returning to answer our longings with himself. All right. Now, uh, this is a great one to actually get your physical Bible for because this is one of the richest texts in the New Testament. Romans chapter 8, verse 18. You can pause the video and grab your Bible. This is from the NIV, chapter 8, verse 18. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself would be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we are saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. For who hopes for what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, then we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. All right. Now, what is, what is it in this, this passage that we, that we need to, to get a hold of to, to begin to long for the things that God wants us to long for? Well, number one, what is, it, what is the picture here of the resurrection? It's a picture of being adopted as sons. Right? Why is our church passionate about this mosaic ministry? It's because the, the heavenly image of, of coming to life and being united with God in heaven is an image of adoption. Elsewhere, the imagery of marriage is used. And what's the other word that we keep seeing in this passage? Glory, right? The glory that will be revealed in us. Now, any time it seems like in the, in the New Testament when the, when the resurrection from the dead is being described, this word glory comes up over and over again. We don't know exactly what it'll look like. We don't know exactly what it'll feel like. But glory, 
is the word the Bible puts there. And I just want to put a little context here. So, so this was written by Paul in order to give a theology to the, to the earliest churches in the New Testament. And the, and the resurrection was a central piece of that, right? And he's, he's a man who experienced prison and beating and being whipped and persecuted. And he says, I consider our present sufferings not worth comparing. Now set aside what we're experiencing in COVID. Paul's suffering is not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Something about glory that we can look forward to there. Now let's go down to this next part where it says, and hope that the creation will be liberated from its bondage to decay. Now, bondage to decay is not some kind of allegory, right? It's not some kind of metaphor. Uh, those of you who have a science background, uh, you, this actual, an actual physical law, like the law of gravity, it's called the second law of thermodynamics. Now, the second law of thermodynamics states that everything in creation is continually breaking down. And the constant tendency of all material things is to, is, to, is to wear out. The Bible describes it saying that the earth will wear out like a garment. Can you get a hold of this imagery of what creation is experiencing? It's the image of it, creation is rotting. It's rusting out. It's a machine that's breaking down. It's falling apart. It's your clothing that wears out and you can't wear it anymore. That's what created things experience. Bondage to decay. And we experience it too, as human beings. I can remember in my 20s, it was impossible for me to imagine that I would someday grow old and that my body would get tired and I wouldn't be as strong and I wouldn't be as fast and I wouldn't be as healthy. But growing old and getting sick and getting tired are a part of life and they cannot be escaped. But there is a promise of God to make things new. A new body in the resurrection to be with Jesus forever. It is going to be awesome. All right. Now look at this last part. The other, the other word that comes up a couple times is groaning. Come on. Now, there's three different groanings that are happening in this passage. Number one, it says the creation is groaning as in the pains of childbirth, right? And it feels like there are about a dozen women at our church that are pregnant and, and in this season of waiting expectantly for a baby to come, there's an expectation, right? And, then, and in it, there's this groaning of creation waiting to be made new. And right inside of us as human beings, our spirits groan as we experience the brokenness and pain and hurt all around us. We begin to groan for it to be made right. And we seek justice now, but we're groaning for something that heaven has in store for us as human beings. But look at the final groaning described here. It says, The Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And so the Spirit of God, God Himself, the spiritual agency of God and the Holy Spirit is groaning in anticipation of the coming day when we are made new. 
And if the Spirit of God is longing for the resurrection, I think it's about time for us to start longing for the resurrection. All right. So I do want to, to frame a couple pieces here because it's, it's not easy to long for something that we don't understand. And sometimes getting a hold of the biblical picture of something means taking out the Western American culture picture of that same thing. And so if you walk around with a cartoon picture of fluffy clouds and cartoon harps and halos, I just want to tell you, if that, ima- if that image is not filling you with the thought of heavenly glory, you need to replace it with something from Scripture. You need to picture it with an image of yourself being adopted by Jesus. Now, if you have an image of, 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 of the life after you die being like Casper the Friendly Ghost, that's, that image is not going to fill you with a, with a sense of glory and awe of God. Because Jesus, Jesus doesn't see us as having a, a material nature and a spiritual nature and the, the physical body dies and our spirit just sort of flies around. That's not it, guys. It says, we will not all perish, but we will all be made new. And the perishable becomes unperishable, it says in 1 Corinthians. The promise for us is that we'll be made new and brought into this place of glory to see and be with Jesus forever. Because I find myself longing for the Edison gym. I find myself longing for it so bad some days. I wake up on Sunday and I get ready to log in and I just think about walking through those doors onto the linoleum floor and seeing somebody that I know with a button on. I'm longing for it. But if I can long for a gymnasium that was built in 1930 and has no handicap access and has a picture of some sports hero on the wall, if I can long for that, can I long for the promised resurrection to be made new, to stand with all the saints throughout all of history before the throne of Jesus, worshiping with a pure heart forever with the one that I love? I can remember my own wedding day as the most beautiful day of my life. And if that moment of union was beautiful, can we begin to long for a day of being united with Jesus? And this meets us right in the, right in the practical, right in the, right in the day-to-day. This week you might manage to get yourself stuck in traffic. And you can turn off the radio and whisper to yourself, a day is coming, a day with no more traffic, a day when it will be made new. It's going to be awesome. When you walk into the living room and your spouse is on her seventh straight one-hour Zoom call with her eyes running out of her head like gel, you can put your hand on her shoulder and say, hey, a day is coming with no more Zoom calls. It's going to be awesome. And when you experience loneliness and disconnection, when you feel totally alone this holiday season, you can open up your Bible and whisper to yourself, you can whisper to God, a day is coming when I will not be by myself. A day is coming when I will be with the one that I love. And I'll be made new. 
going to be awesome. And I don't want to mess with your employment prospects, but on that day, the DCF office will be closed. The ICU will be closed. The Department of Defense, nobody needs to go to work anymore. Because the Bible promises of that day, saying that Jesus will wipe away every tear from every eye. And it's going to be awesome. Would you pray with me? Jesus, teach me to long for the beautiful and glorious thing you are going to do with me when you return. I'm done with longing for COVID to be over. I'm done with longing to see my family members again. God, I'm ready to long to see your face on the day that you return. Amen. God bless you, Antioch.